Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Well, it wasn't the ending a lot of people really expected or obviously really liked. If you're listening to this, I would think that is the case specifically. Always game day in Buffalo, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. Still the postmortem on a season that had so many high expectations, Super Bowl favorites just came crashing down all in one three-hour period against the Cincinnati Bengals. How have you processed it, Matt, over the last 24 hours that we are here today waiting to hear from Brandon Bean yesterday, heard from Sean McDermott and other players? I think it's kind of the same thing the players said. You're just kind of like numb. I don't think I've realized yet that the season has come to an end. We get in such a routine, basically. The players reported July 23rd to training camp, and basically from that point until Sunday afternoon, you're thinking about one thing. You're thinking about, is this team good enough to win a Super Bowl? And they had such lofty expectations, and I think they were close, but it's clear that they just didn't have it on Sunday. I, I don't think that they're a bad team. I think that everybody, of course, is going to get up in arms and everything that went wrong, and rightfully so, because the expectations were so big. They got punched in the mouth. They played a bad day. I mean, they won a bunch of games in a row. They snuck out some wins. I think it became fairly obvious that this team had some flaws, and we didn't know if they were going to ultimately overcome those flaws. But I said it the other day, it almost felt like fate was the overcome like you know the overpowering thing with the season it's like so much stuff went wrong if these guys can just hang around and keep winning these close games maybe they'll hit their stride at the right time at the end of the year and that's not what happened it ended yeah I think I let myself even get a little too far down the what it looked like to be in Arizona and what all that you know stuff I mean we have to plan our lives so we think about that right but I I think that's part of it for me too which was so stunning and the other part was just this was as you just basically said this is the bad day to have their worst day uh they, they this is not the same team that we watch i think if they play the Bengals 10 times they might not even split five and five i think the bills might beat them a few times but 
I don't think it looks like that. No, I don't think so either. I think that the Bengals do a lot of stuff really well that the Bills struggle with. And I think one of those main things is they've just got so many weapons offensively that they can beat you with. But this was not what I thought was going to happen. The Bills got dominated at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And I thought that was going to be an advantage for the Bills, especially defensively, considering the injuries that the Bengals were dealing with. They had three backup offensive linemen in this game, and it felt like Joe Burrow was able to kind of do whatever he wants. Now, he gets the ball out of his hands super fast, but he picked apart the Bills, and all of the issues that they've had this year all showed up in this game, offensively, defensively. I think after these games, people always want to find blame. They always want to find one person or one side of the ball to blame. I think you can blame basically everybody here. I think everybody deserves some of the fault. Coaching, execution, it's its all there. Whether it's head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, I agree with that. One theme that came out of the Bills locker room from players on locker cleanout day was we heard multiple players say they just ran out of gas. And I think that you do have to have some space for the emotional toll. I don't think you can have it both ways where just a few weeks ago we're talking about everything this team's been through, how resilient they are, and oh my gosh, you have to overcome this. And then suddenly they lose and say, I don't want to hear an excuse. You can't do it that way. No, I don't think. I don't love the run out of gas thing. I think that there might be, excuse me, some validity to that, but I don't think that's the main reason they lost. I think that the Bengals are a better football team right now, and the Bills have some things that they need to improve upon as they move forward here if they're ultimately going to get over their hump. I, I think there is a little bit of luck involved, but I also think you can kind of make your own luck. So I, I just think the Bills didn't have it on this day, and that's why they lost. I, I don't really think it is running out of gas. I just think they, they lost to a better team. Well, interesting, though. I, I do think there's something – even Roger Saffold said, you know, they had even the coaches had to adjust the schedule. I do think there's something to the, everything they had to get through the last few weeks that he said – we just needed a break. We needed to reset a little bit. And they never got a chance to do that. And I do think that compounded everything, that they never got a full chance to catch their breath, reset everything, kind of prepare the right way. It's not an excuse, but I, I think even for me, you know, we travel, you know, going out there. And even for us, I think we're exhausted and run down. We're not pr- practicing to play a football game. I have a take that is a little bit tied with that. I think they would have been better suited for this playoff run if they would have lost a game sometimes towards the end of the season as just kind of a, all right, these are the things we need to be better on. Maybe they aren't coming in as just such heavy favorites. Obviously, in the AFC, there were three teams, but it felt like they were able to keep getting away with it, and then maybe they got a little bit complacent, and that's one of the things that cost them. I think they could have had a little bit of a wake-up call earlier in the year. I mean, they lost three games in the regular season. This is not a bad football team. It's a really, really good football team. It's just a really, really good football team that has a couple unbelievable players that kind of cover up some of the holes and the deficiencies that they have elsewhere three games they lost by a total of eight points, one of them goes their way, they're the number one seed. Even with everything that happened in Monday night in Cincinnati, they then have the winning percentage that they get the number one seed. They have that break. Maybe they don't have to kind of fight through, as, as Saffold said, you know, the mindset was get through the next couple of weeks, fight through it, and then maybe you get that break. But maybe that happens if they don't fumble against Minnesota or Josh doesn't have a bad day against the New York Jets. You can look at all these things throughout. Let's, let's go back to Sunday specifically, though. Um, biggest issue you saw on offense, philosophical execution, whatever it was, what was the biggest issue for this team to only score 10 points? I think that nothing seemed, it feels like it's an umbrella thing to say, but nothing felt easy. Every time they needed to move the ball, it felt like they had to make these big monumental plays or they had to just have a perfect play from Allen or a perfect catch or whatever it was. It just didn't feel like they had any rhythm. And then I guess specifically kind of on the field, it was the play of the line. 
the offensive line just felt like they were being held together with scotch tape and glue. And I think there are some nice players on the <laughs> offensive line, but it was not even close to their best day against a really strong Bengals defensive line. And I think we've seen this the last couple of weeks. I know that the dolphins played with desperation and they were able to blitz Josh more than a lot of teams do. And that's why he got sacked seven times, but I thought they might be able to figure it out a little bit more and, and they didn't on the defensive side. They had, and I guess I should touch on the offense. I think one of the things that was clearly part of the issue, look at what the Bengals did to dump the ball down, to get guys just the ball off the line of scrimmage. It seemed like the Bills still had a let's attack down the field mentality, which is fine, but I don't think this game called for it. I think this game called for it because of what you said, maybe a little bit more getting the underneath stuff and finding easy, easy passes to keep the chains moving. It seemed like right away it was third and two, let's throw it deep, third and four, let's throw it for 10 yards, and those things weren't working. They were staying on schedule early, but they could never finish those to turn them into first downs, and I think maybe a few more easy plays. The Bengals on first down were getting huge chunks, which made it so much easier. They didn't even have a third down until their second drive eight plays in. I know. It almost felt like at the beginning of the game it was a role reversal of the Bills-Patriots last year in the wild card, but the Bengals were the Bills, and the Bills were the Patriots. And you're just sitting there, and you're like, oh, my goodness. I don't know how they're going to stop them. And I think I specifically said when they went down 7 nothing, and then they turned the ball over, I was like, well, it can't get any worse. Well, it got worse because then it was 14 nothing. They had two three-and-outs. Eventually, they were able to move down the field. And I do think, similar to last year with the Patriots game, I feel like there's a moment that kind of could have changed the outcome of the game. Last year against the Patriots, it was the Micah Hyde interception. I think that buried the Patriots. This year with the Bills, I think it was the drive at the end of the first half where they didn't get any points and they had to punt the ball away. I think if they go down the field and they get a touchdown there and you go into half 17-14, this game has a very different feel in the second half because I think the Bills would still be able to kind of be within striking distance and maybe you get a couple bounces. And, And your game plan obviously changes. One of the common themes that the players talked about yesterday, especially especially Von Miller was we fell behind 14, nothing on a field covered with snow. Like we're a fast paced, high powered offense. Like, but it's almost impossible for anybody to make up that big of a deficit given the struggles that they had. So it felt like they dug themselves too big of a hole and they were never even close to climbing out of it. No, that's right. And this team usually isn't in those holes. They were against uh, Baltimore. They came out of it and they wound up winning that game. You bring up the weather. It seemed like they weren't as equipped to handle it. But what bothers me is to say that it wasn't like they were playing the Ravens who love to run the ball. They were playing another high flying team with Joe Burrow and those wide receivers. They handled the elements very well. And it seemed like the bills just were not able to handle them as well. I feel like we're almost just, and I'm not speaking, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like we're just finding things that They're not excuses, but we're finding reasons of why maybe the Bills lost the game. And I just keep coming back to, I just don't think they're the better team. I think the Bengals are the better team. They have way more weapons on offense. Their defensive line is way better equipped. I mean, going into this game, it's not like the Bengals have stud cornerbacks, but they got such a good pass rush and they made Josh Allen's life such hell with their pressure that the play at cornerback didn't really matter that much. So I just, I, I think the, I think going, we'll talk about this later. I think going into this off season, the bills need way more playmakers on this team. Way more. Yeah. And uh, the biggest advantage the bills had in this game on offense should have been their outside receivers against those DBs. And they just didn't take advantage of them, but we'll also have some issues on the defensive side to talk about. Let's do that now. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.